Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers come up short in their final game before Christmas, losing 4-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. The Oilers had the lead, 2-1 going to the third. Vancouver ties it up on a goal that stood after being reviewed for being kicked in. Quinn Hughes scores on the power play to give Vancouver the lead, and then they get an empty netter to put it away. It was Nugent Hopkins and Clefbaum scoring for Edmonton tonight. It's 10.51. Thanks a lot for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Heartland Ford, overtime open line on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, Rob, a lot to discuss tonight. The Oilers were, were looking okay after two periods up to one, but they could not close it out in the third. They, they couldn't. Uh, Bob and Jack talked about the fact they looked fatigued. Uh, they did. Vancouver was the better team come the third period. Uh, it comes down. Most games come down to uh, one or two breaks or bounces, and this one certainly changed on a, uh, a huge break for the Vancouver Canucks on the game-tying goal. Uh, it was a nice play by Pearson, throwing the puck at the net. Horvat was driving the net on the play. Uh, the puck was a, went off of Koskinen and bounced behind Horvat, who used his foot to direct the puck into the net. Now, it wasn't a kicking motion as a, as you would pull your foot back and then follow through with a kick, but it was certainly a motion where you pushed the puck in the net. It started and he pushed the bucket, puck and directed it towards the net. Uh, you and I both always guess whenever there is a challenge uh, or a when it goes to Toronto to the war room, we both guessed no goal and we were both wrong again. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I know a lot of Oilers fans unhappy about this. I'll just read the the NHL put out uh, this explanation. Uh, It's Rule 37.4. It says, A puck that deflects into the net off an attacking player's skate who does not use a distinct kicking motion shall be ruled a goal. A puck that is directed into the net by an attacking player's skate shall also be ruled a goal as long as no distinct kicking motion is evidence so you can use your foot to direct the puck into the net you yep. cannot use a distinct kicking motion you have to use an indistinct kicking motion <laughs> yeah we giggled about that i mean it, it, if it's a kicking motion it's a kicking motion not sure what the distinct comes into play um normally what it used to be you could turn your skate to direct the puck in the direction you wanted to the puck to go. Say, it's kind of like when you deflect a puck with your stick. You turn your, the blade of your stick so that the puck bounces and goes in the direction you want it to go in. Uh, this one, it was more than a deflection. He pushed with his stick to, to go in towards, just the way the puck was coming. If, it, if, he, if he kept his foot completely still, the puck would have hit his skate and probably died or gone back in the same direction it came. He had to use his foot and he had to push it towards the net to make sure the puck went where he wanted it to go. Koskinen and Leon Dreisaitl are both very adamant right away that it should have been no goal. You and I guessed no goal, but 
we get confused a lot on rules. Um, I, in a perfect world, I believe these should be goals, but in the way that it is worded in the rule book, I would have guessed no goal on the one. It does stand, but but I mean, having said that, the Oilers didn't generate a lot of chances in the in the third period. They did have a power play of their own and couldn't score with the game tied two two, and then Vancouver got a power play for a uh, too-many-men penalty on the Oilers, and that was actually one where it wasn't so much that the Oilers touched the puck, it was that a player in a defensive position got involved checking a player before his before the player he was replacing was off the ice. The, the way the play worked, uh, you see a lot as, as an offensive tool where you have the puck in your own zone on a face-off, and a guy will jump in on the defensive door, and a player will go out the offensive door and all of a sudden gain 20 feet. And when you're trying to make an offensive play, the same thing happened on this one as the player was coming off on the door closest to the Vancouver Canucks and Connor McDavid jumped off the other side. The problem in the play is the player hadn't gotten completely off. And when Connor jumped on the ice, he he was already in the play. He became a defender and ruined a, an offensive rush for the Vancouver Canucks. I think that was the right call. Uh, you, you didn't see the Oilers complain about it. They understood it. But to me, the play was made by Quinn Hughes on defense. He had two guys on the opposite side of the ice that were wide open. And he read the play. He saw there was a line change, and he threw it in an area where the referee can make a call. And we, we talked about at the beginning of the game that uh, both teams have very potent power plays. The Oilers scored on one of their power plays. The Canucks got two goals. One was on the power play. One was a second after, more or less, a power play goal. That was the difference in the hockey game. And the Vancouver Canucks in the third period were the better hockey club. So 4-2, the Canucks take it. The Oilers sink to 20-16-4 and four on the season. The Canucks are 19 or uh, pardon me. Yes, Canucks are 19-15-4, very close in records. Uh, it's been, obviously been a tough go here for the Oilers over the last uh, about five weeks or so. They have not won back-to-back games since November 23rd and 24th. Really tight in the Pacific Division. We'll give you the full scoreboard later on, but I can tell you the Golden Knights lost, the Flames lost, the Coyotes lost, the Oilers lost, the top four teams all lost. Vancouver able to win. So Vegas and Arizona with 46 points each. Edmonton 44, Calgary 43, Vancouver 42. Vancouver has played 38 games, the fewest of the bunch. Edmonton has played 40. That's the most. Calgary, Arizona, and Vegas have all played 39. So it's tight. Oilers missed a chance tonight to, you know, make up some ground on the other three teams that uh, that lost. Well, it is so tight right now that the Edmonton Oilers are two points out of leading the division, and they're two points out of being out of the playoffs. That's, That's right. how tight it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, 4-2 Vancouver takes it tonight. That means a $50 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascended Financial. They're giving 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. When the name game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. We're going to get post-game reaction from Vancouver as we roll along tonight. You can also chime in by calling or texting 780-496-0063. Rob has called in. Hey, Rob, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I'm in British Columbia here, and even though I've got NHL center ice, I can't watch the Oilers broadcast. I have to watch the Canucks broadcast. And when Horvat scored to tie the game, the broadcaster for the Canucks said, I'm counting it as no goal. He said, it's obvious Horvat, there was a kicking motion when he put the puck in the net. You know, and I just wanted to say, you know, it, it just makes me sick because in Vancouver it seems to happen every time. It's like the last time they were in Vancouver, the Oilers scored a goal and the Canucks coach challenged it for goaltender interference and of course it was ruled no goal. You know, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, thanks Rob. He's referring to Patrick Russell's non-first career goal. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, earlier early this month. That uh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't I, I get the frustration of the Oilers fans. I see all the comments on Twitter. I'm w- w- Again, whenever something like that happens, I try to figure out why it was mm-hmm. called that way. So in the NHL's mind, it's not a distinct kicking motion. In I mean, in my mind, it w- I, I think the rule should just say if you use your foot to intentionally direct the puck into the net... But that's what it, it used count. it used to be that, and then they yeah, allowed you. There's always going to be gray area. Well, then they allowed you to turn your foot in the right direction to allow right. it to, to tip. It, it, well, 
to me on this one, you can see the, the leg going forward. Uh, it'd be like if you're playing soccer. You don't always have to pick your foot off the ground to kick a soccer ball. You can pass the soccer ball with just sweeping your 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 leg. And I think that's what he did right there. He swept his leg towards the the net with the puck attached to it. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, there's uh, the others have been the beneficiaries of some calls that I thought were the opposite. They've certainly been on the wrong side a number of times. This one, I, I yeah, I. I I would have. I like seeing it as a goal in a rule. I would like them to allow those as goals in a rule. Right. But I thought that that was no rule or no goal by the way the rule is because there was a kicking motion. His foot didn't come off the ice, but there was a kicking motion, and that's why the puck ended up in the net. Yeah. I mean, having said that, I mean that tied the game. The Oilers did have, uh, like I said, they had a power play after that that they weren't able to generate uh, much in the third period. I mean, they had a two-one lead early in the second period, so another goal somewhere along the line. They probably at least get a point out of this game. They weren't quite able to do it, and and I thought it was a fairly well goaltended game, at both ends. Koskinen takes uh, ultimately takes the loss. His record falls to thirteen seven and two. Yeah, I thought Koskinen played well. I thought both goalies did. Uh, the goals that went in, um, neither of the goaltenders had chances on it. Uh, I think what we saw too, some some very good young players playing tonight. Obviously, we know who. Uh, the stars are of the Oilers, and they're still in their youth, and the Oilers have got a pretty good future with some of the young players that they have coming up. But we also got to see some of the young stars for the Vancouver Canucks, and the guy that scored the game winner is, is a kid that's going to be around for a long, long time. I know Jack and Bob talked about how good Kale McCarr is and how everyone had more or less given him the rookie of the year from the way the start of the season he had. Well, all of a sudden, this Quinn, Quinn Hughes, I think he's one point now behind. Kale McCarr in the scoring yeah, race. What McCarr did tonight. Yeah, I'm not. Well, he could have had, to, but he's. But Claude McCarr was still hurt though, so Quinn Hughes has certainly closed the gap. He is a smart hockey player, and uh, the goal that he scored that was a huge goal for for the for the Canucks, and he put it exactly where he wanted. So he, he is a smart young hockey player that can run a power play. And again, the difference of the young defensemen coming into the National Hockey League now as opposed to 10, 15 years ago, you got rookies running power plays, running good power plays. This is the fourth best power play in the National Hockey League, and there's Quinn Hughes up top on it. So uh, it was a good hockey game, unfortunately, for the Oilers. They seemed to run out a little gas at the end of the game. Quinn Hughes selected the first star tonight. Oscar Kleffbaum, the second star. Bo Horvat picked as the third star. Uh, we'll give Miko Koskinen the fourth star for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Final shots tonight, 29 for the Oilers. 28 for the Canucks, so uh, Koskinen makes 24 saves on 27 shots. The uh, final shot for Vancouver went into an empty net. These two teams split their season series 2-2. They are done playing each other for the year. Edmonton will start their five-game season series against Calgary on Friday at Rogers Place. Back to Vancouver. Oilers fall 4-2. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Leading after two periods, but the first time you guys dropped a game in regulation. Uh, what maybe led to the downfall and the loss in the third period? Well, I thought we were right. We, we didn't. Uh, we were making enough plays at the start of the third period, but then they got the tying goal. I still, I don't know. I've looked at it ten times. That's still a kicking kick to the net. I don't. I don't understand the ruling there. But we didn't make enough plays. We didn't. Uh, we didn't push the game along, and uh, the details of winning caught us. We. Jumped on early on a change and uh, took a penalty and had a chance to block a shot. Didn't block a shot and it's in the back of the net. Did you have a conversation or get an explanation for that goal? Yeah, they just said it went upstairs and they reviewed it and good goal. But I, I've looked at it a lot of times. I, I, if, if, if it's illegal to kick a puck in the net, <laughs> that's kicking. But that's for other people to decide. Too many men play there. Is I mean, he kind of has to get after him because he's going the he's going down the ice. Just right? jump too early, jump two seconds too early, right? Got to make that Sun, call, or was it kind of borderline at that stage? I think it's borderline at that stage of the game, but that's didn't have any effect on the outcome on the on the play, right? But that's that's the way it is. That's you get some breaks like that, but but ultimately you gotta you gotta take care of things. Like it's it's the details of winning. If you're not willing to do them. Enough, you're gonna uh, you're gonna lose some games, and that's what happened tonight. A bit of a break here. Does that give your top line a chance to find its legs again? 
Well, our whole group needs it. We've, we've played a lot of games in a short amount of time here, so the break's going to be good for everybody. So it's, uh, you know, we've made, we're at the halfway point, one more game, and we're at the halfway point of the season. We've made some strides this year. We started out well. Um, the last month or so has been up and down for us, but we've made some strides in the right direction. Now, the second half, the you know, it's going to get tougher, and some of those details of winning that we just talked about, we have to get better at. We have to make sure we're continue to learn as a group, continue to uh, get better. And, uh, you know, I like some of the things we've done, but there's some areas we have to improve on, and if we do that, uh, we can have a good second half of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you've been using uh, the Gaetan Haas line in more of a shutdown role than they there. Uh, a little bit. We've got we've got the two two lines there, Sheehan and Haas. We're both they're both really uh, smart smart lines. You know, they play on the right side of the puck. They do little things well. So um, you know, we need we need some guys like that. Penalty killers have done a pretty good job. Other than you know, I, I didn't like the what goal we gave up tonight, but that's uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. All right, that's Dave Tippett, uh, not entirely pleased after the Oilers lose 4-2 to the Vancouver Canucks final game before a three-day Christmas break for your Edmonton Oilers. Al from Mill Woods writes in, he says the Oilers have to press more like they did at the start of the season or this is going to get away from them and they'll be outside of the playoffs and it'll be slipping away by mid-January. Well, uh, as we just said, the Oilers are two points out of leading the division. I think anyone at the beginning of the year said, all right, they're only two points out of the division lead. You know, at the Christmas break, everyone would take it. On the other side of the coin, though, they're two points right now out of missing the playoffs. And that's where you're like, yeah, this is where I thought they'd be close to there. So uh, nobody in their division is running away. Uh, tonight, for example, Vegas, I believe they're on home ice, gets spanked around by Colorado. Uh, the Calgary Flames, who have been playing better of late, they go into Minnesota and they get blanked. So they're still where they want to be within uh, distance, uh, close distance of, of a division lead, which is huge and probably more than most people expected. But the one thing that we're not seeing right now from the Edmonton Oilers is an extended run like they had at right. the beginning of the season. As you just said a little while ago, the Oilers haven't won back-to-back games. Or more, was it back-to-back or two, two games or more? Yep. They won November 23rd, 24th. So that's last the last time. time. They won two in a row. So yeah. if you want to push yourself into a much more comfortable spot in the National Hockey League playoff race, you got to s- string some wins together. And the Oilers are going to have a chance after Christmas. They have a favorable schedule uh, with the amount of games they play. But they do play some tough teams, so it's not getting any easier. Yeah, they're they're four nine and one since then in their last 14. So obviously not not very good. Nope. Uh, yeah, and they, they, they couldn't finish it off tonight. First time they've lost in uh, in regulation time when leading after two periods. So that's that's tough to take. Just couldn't extend the lead in the third period. 4-2, Vancouver able to take it. Let's go back to Vancouver. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm just going to close it out. Um, you know, a bit of a lucky break there on on their shot and, and uh, it goes off the guy's skate, you know, maybe kicks it, maybe doesn't, I don't know, but, um, and then obviously we have a chance on the power play and we don't score and, and they get a chance on their power play and they score. I mean, that's the difference right there. This break come at a good time. You guys can kind of clear your heads, clear your bodies. And well, it's been a tough stretch of games, honestly. You know, we've been on the road, been at home, you know, we've been traveling a lot, um, playing lots of games uh, in a short period of time, so obviously not making excuses for ourselves but you know guys are tired and, and uh you know, this break comes at a good time like you said and um yeah. quick thoughts there from Connor mcdavid and rob we touched on this on the face-off show it'll really slow down for the oilers yes like, incredibly um they have played 12 games in their last 23 days S- starting tomorrow i'm going to count the christmas break they play nine games in the next 26 days and then they'll get 10, 10 days off. So it's uh, it's going to be few and far between over so, the next month here. So they get nine games in 36 days then? Is that what it yeah, works out? Yeah, if you factor in the bye yeah. week, sure. So, yeah. so they're going to play nine games in 36, which is all, this is why I, I, when we were on the pregame show with John Shannon, where I would have extended the, the, the break at Christmas and shortened the 10-day break they get at the end of the January. The others, the, the, problem, the only problem with that, now there's a lot of great things when you get that, few games in that many days. You get rested. And most of the teams you're playing against, you're going to have an advantage against because you're getting two or three days off, and they're going going to have to go through this stretch that you just went through. And you can see the fatigue jump in. The the, the scary thing, and this will be the, the hard part for the fans, 
is all the teams that are chasing you or around you in the standings are playing more games. You're right. So all of a sudden, there's everyone has opportunities for points on nights that you're sitting out. With nine games and 36 nights, there's going to be a lot of nights where you're sitting watching you know, every other team in the conference and all the Pacific teams playing and either gaining ground or extending leads. This will pay dividends when you get into February and March, having uh, this type of schedule, because you're going to be well-rested for a playoff push. But the Oilers paid the price here this last little while. As you could tell, their star players were tired. And because of the, I wouldn't say overuse, but the extended minutes they've had to get because the others don't seem to get enough scoring in their bottom nine forwards and mainly in their second line. Yep. Yeah, like I said, Vegas, Arizona, Calgary have all played 39. Vancouver's played 38. Edmonton has played 40. Well, look at the National Predators, who are one of the teams that... they played 36. Yeah, so they, they got four games in hand on the Edmonton Oilers. Right. Yeah, and they're just two points behind. Now that's wild card talk, not not division talk. But yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be weird over the next month because they 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 don't play a lot, so they will. Now there's the All Star break in there too, where mm-hmm. nobody plays, and then other teams will have the bye at the same time they do. But yeah, there's gonna be nights where oh well they didn't play, so these teams pass them, and that's the thing tonight. You had a chance to get two points when the teams around you didn't, so that's that's disappointing. And you have a chance to win the season series against Vancouver, separate a little mm-hmm. more from them, and well, it didn't happen tonight. difference between being two points on, up on Vancouver and six right. in this game. And then you look in those nine games, the, the, they have a five-game road trip where they play in some hard places. They play in Montreal, in Calgary, in Toronto, in Boston, in Buffalo. They play the Flames three times. Three of the nine games are against the Flames, which will go a long ways in seeing who's a division winner, who's a playoff team, that kind of stuff. So there are some exciting games coming up. The Oilers are going to be rested, but they're certainly going to have to have a good record despite they're only playing nine games. They're going to have to have a good record in these nine games to set themselves up for a good finish. All right, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village AAA Steak Succulent Seafood Cooked at Your Table. Celebrate your senses. Japanese Village Goal Light. The Oilers have to score five or more, though, for us to get to that. Vancouver wins it tonight 4-2. Nugent Hopkins gets his seventh tonight. Caleb Jones had the assist. Oscar Clefbaum, nice shot on the power play early in the second. His fourth of the year for McDavid and Dreisaitl. The Oilers did not score after that. We have Brent at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Brent. Hey there. How's it going tonight? Good. Great. On, uh, I was just wondering, uh, basically, you look at Dreisaitl's minutes, he's been playing a ton of hockey, and uh, they were using him a lot early on. And now, uh, from what Bob was saying tonight, uh, he's like a minus 24. So, uh, and from, I haven't had TV for the last couple of weeks, so I've just been listening to the game with you guys, but uh, it sounds like he's really tired. He's making a lot of mistakes, and uh, even coming out of the break, how do you, uh, as a player, are you able to reset that quickly and be able to get to where you need to be for the rest of the year. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Good question. Uh, absolutely. This break's going to go be huge for these players. You could listen in the voice of Connor McDavid at the end of the game there when he talked about how hard the schedule has been. And I know that uh, as, as a fan, you're like, okay, you know what, you're a pro athlete, you're supposed to be in shape and, and stuff like that. But athletes, uh, they get tired. And when they're traveling back and forth by plane and they're uh, going through this, the different time zones and they're playing that many games and in that short of time, fatigue's going to become a factor. And the Oilers are a little harder pressed simply because they are top-heavy in minutes. Their star players play a lot. And, and you can see it. The, Leon doesn't have the same jump. And, neither, and for that sake, neither does Connor that they had in the first month of the season. The problem for the Oilers is, you know, this last little while at home, they were falling behind by a couple goals in every game, which means they have to put their best players out more because they have no consistent goal scoring anywhere else. So coming out of this break, these these days off are huge. They are absolutely huge. I, I would expect that both Connor and Leon to have big Januaries because they're going to have time to rest between games. Dave Tippett's going to have the luxury of being able to play them more and they're going to be fresher. But... For, for Leon especially, he is a big man playing big minutes, and you could tell the fatigue was starting to affect him. 4-2, Vancouver wins it tonight. 
So the Oilers, like I said, 4-9-1 and one since uh, November 24th. Last time they won back-to-back games. They cannot get back-to-back wins this evening. Cam calling in as well. Go ahead, Cam. Guys, how are you? Good. Merry Christmas to you both. And this is tongue-in-cheek, this poem. We'll call it tongue-in-chuck, Redmond Chuck, but here we go. Was two days before Christmas and in Champion Town, the team commenced Christmas break feeling quite down. Despite nurse chucking knucks and Connor a-dashing, the no-name Canucks still delivered a thrashing. Unable to find a sustainable streak, one wonders what Holland is looking to tweak. With no staff full of money and a just average team, he hopes that the playoffs don't end up a dream. If that happens to happen, many fans could say see ya, but don't worry my friends, we can blame it on Sia. Yeah, that's pretty good, but I still like Star Wars better. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas. <coughs> you too. All right. That's uh, can't put. That's good effort, by That was good effort. Yeah, it, it rhymed well. It was. It was, it was. Yeah, I like that. Oh, the only thing I disagree. The unnamed Canucks, or was it? Is it? We called them unnamed or the uh, no name? No name Canucks. Yeah. The Canucks are a good I hockey guess club. They pretty good players. They do have Peterson's good. That he was on the back good. end. I mean, a great addition at getting Myers in the off season. So they do have a, a, a pretty good top four defense. That is. That's a, a team that is going to be in the race for the remainder of the season as well. All right, Oilers lose 4-2. We'll call a quick timeout. By the way, we're looking for somebody to finish the play. 780-496-0063. Overtime open line. Kersey Hartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Peterson the steal down low. Here's Miller. Backdoor. What a save made by Koskinen. He robbed Jake for 10 of a goal that could have sealed it. Yeah, that was with 2.45 left in the third. Big save by Koskinen. Save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winter rise. Canucks going to beat the Oilers 4-2 tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. This texter says, do the Oilers have any say in the scheduling? Good question. Now, I don't know every single detail, but yes, they do have some say. Because you have to provide, I think it's 50. I think you have to provide 50 nights where your rink, your building is available. Now, with Rogers Place, you have the Oil Kings and you have concerts, mm-hmm. basically. There might be the odd other type of thing, I guess, but those are the main things. And as, as we've seen from there are concerts booked over a year in advance yes. Yes. sometimes. So, so you know those are out. Um, Canadian teams often will say they don't want a home game on Grey Cup Sunday, mm-hmm. even if, I mean, when Edmonton hosted the Grey Cup, because I mean, Bob Nicholson told me this, he, they requested to the NHL, that they preferred not to play at all, mm-hmm. but they definitely didn't want to be at home. And that was when they were in L.A. last Great Cup Sunday, so the game actually started in L.A. after the Great Cup was over. So there are there are things like that. They, I, As far as I know, they don't have a lot of say on the road games other than saying the building isn't available when mm-hmm. the rodeo used to be here. Washington always has a carnival in the fall. The Rangers, Rangers have this with the, circus. With, with, the, with the circus, and they're sharing it with the Knicks and yeah. probably other events. So they have somewhat of a say. I, I know I talked briefly to, to Ken Holland in the summer, and he said he wasn't overly a fan of the schedule, and he said they don't necessarily like where they're home for a game away for a game. Mm-hmm. They, they'd sooner have stands and road trips. And Brian Burke, he was on, this was a couple months ago, he was on with Bob. He gave a really interesting clip and he said when he was the GM of Anaheim, they wanted six game road trips. Like he said, if we're going to go out east, then fine. Let's do Boston, Buffalo, the three New York teams, Carolina and come home. Get them all Let's done. Let's not go Boston, Buffalo, come back home, fly back out, mm-hmm. play Washington, the Islanders and Florida. And then they they would sooner be out. So I think that's something teams don't want. And the Oilers had that road trip home to face the Leafs and then were away again. I would think that's something Holland wouldn't have been a fan of. They would have just stayed out. Well, if you can stay extended time in the same time zone and then your flights are are short flights or if you're in the New York area, short bus rides, uh, get them done with instead of going all the way out there, coming back after three, and then going back out there again. Now, we're we're seeing the other schedule, and we're seeing how hard it is. I, I can guarantee you, there's at least half the other teams in the National Hockey League don't like their schedule either. 
and they got well, bad that's, schedules that's too. Everybody everyone, everyone has a bad schedule. I mean, I would imagine the schedule maker's job is hard. If he's got 31 teams and they all play 82 games, and here's the, we can only do these days, it, it can't be easy. You've got to get through it. Good teams do. Um, the Oilers, uh, part of the problem is the Oilers lineup doesn't allow them to play four lines evenly to, to alleviate some of the team players getting fatigue. They overextend certain players on their team because their team is incredibly top-heavy. 4-2, the Canucks win it tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Tony standing by. Go ahead, Tony. First of all, I want to say Merry Christmas to you and Rob. Hope you guys have a great uh, Christmas with you and your families. A um, few comments I wanted to make. We don't have a lot of salary cap space, so, you know, Holland can't do much, but I even been noticing the fact that McDavid and Dreisaitl are getting tired, and honestly, I don't blame them for being tired. You know, you're playing 20-plus minutes a night. You know, yeah, you're in shape, but you know what? Anyone would get tired. So if you were Holland, and I don't know when the trade deadline is, but would you maybe look at, I don't know, getting somebody for the bottom six that, you know, so you don't have to keep on bringing out Leon and Connor for, you know, the important types of the game? Well, it, it, they, Hall, I mean, if there's players available, Holland would get them. If they get them at, at the right price point. I mean, that's why they brought the guys in that they have right now. They're, the guys that come to play in the bottom six, you're not... They're going to be players that are very similar to the bottom six players that yeah, the others have. They could really use a second line player. Yes, that's the, the bottom six. Honestly, the bottom six has not been bad for the last month. Scoring. The, the problem for the Oilers is their second line. Their second line is most teams' bottom six don't score very often, but most teams have a first line that's very good, a second line that's pretty good, and the Oilers' second line has not been pretty good. They have been, uh, they've underachieved from what they expected from them. And that's a big reason that they've overextended Connor and Leon because they're getting no juice out of the second line. Tonight was a, a goal, the first time in a long time that their second line produced. Uh, they needed more of that. Huge pretty much did it on his own. Yep. Yeah, well, he, actually, he did it. He did do it on his <laughs> He did do it on his own, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Neil and Chason are not second line wingers. Nope. They, they, to me, they are not top six forwards. Well, it, maybe, you know, occasionally they can go up there. I think Neil's a third liner. Chason's three or four. Neil's a good power play player still. Mm-hmm. And Jason can can do a little bit on the power play as well. And to me, that makes it harder to evaluate Nugent Hopkins' season because he's not playing with players who are as quick or as creative or who are really good finishers. Or can read the game like he does. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, you're right. But they have not got enough production out of their second line, and that is that's hindered them. Dunner in North Van texting in. He says, Hi, Robin Reed. I was at the game tonight. Oilers look gassed. Truth be told, they're an average team until they get more balanced scoring. Uh, they've ridden Connor and Leon Hard, and it shows given the lack of cap space and the lack of bona fide candidates on the farm, things likely won't change next year either. Ugh, that is from Dunner in North Vancouver. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is not... This is not a team that can win the Stanley Cup this year without some significant additions. I don't know what's going to happen over the summer. I mean, that's that's obviously pretty, uh, pretty, pretty unpredictable. But it'd be great. I mean, here's the thing: how how do you limit McDavid's and Drysaitel's minutes? You by having a two or three goal lead in the third period. Yep. But what's your best chance to have a two or three goal lead in the third period? Constantly play, right? So that that's the problem. That's the problem they're in. Well, what we we saw a lot over the last. Just look at the last homestand, for for example, is the Oilers were falling behind early, and when they fall behind early, they can't roll four lines because they've got players that don't score. Right. So when you fall behind early, you start playing your best players more and more. Uh, the Oilers, the way they have their power play set up, they don't really have a second power play. So the first power play plays a minute 40, minute 50, sometimes two minutes. Uh, until the Oilers start coming out and getting the lead, and the Oilers have players that would be very effective with the lead. They got guys that can continue momentum going forward. They're not going to extend leads, but they can hold on to a lead. Unfortunately for the Oilers, a lot of the time they don't get a lead early, and then they're hard pressed to find players on the best bench that can go out and score. I agree with exactly what he said. The Oilers are an average team. Uh, the, and I, I said this a couple games ago, and I'll repeat it. The worst thing that happened from a fan's perspective was the start that the Oilers had because then the expectations of what this team was capable of doing went through the roof. 
And this was not a team that was going to easily cruise to a division title. This is not a team that I believe is going to be a top three team in the Western Conference. But the expectations were huge after the start they had it. If they would have had a 7-1 and one run in the middle of January... That would have oh, look what Cal- like Calgary. Which, yes, yes. So that then, Calgary and Edmonton are basically even. Mm-hmm. Calgary's good nine-game segment just happened. Edmonton's happened at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I agree. And the funny thing is, they're both uh, Calgary's excited about where they are right now because of the start they had, and the Edmonton Oilers are down because of the start they had. So it's funny because they're right, they're almost identical records, but one team's feeling good about themselves and the other isn't. This is exactly where you and I thought the Oilers would be. We thought they would be in a playoff push, and their record is probably fairly similar to what we were expecting. But because of the Oilers' start to the season and where they were and how far they were ahead of a lot of other teams, uh, people are starting to to feel panic, and rightfully so. The way the year, the, the last decade or so, has gone. Four-two, Vancouver wins it tonight. This texture says, "Are you guys seriously complaining about the schedule?" Uh, no, we were asked no. about it. So yeah, we were, uh, we were it, telling you about uh, it. Well, there's. I'm actually tired. Like this has been a lot of games for you and I. I, I missed a lot of Christmas shopping. A couple nights out, I wanted to go to the bar. I couldn't because I was here with you. So yeah, I am. I am complaining. The scheduler's got to look at my social life. Yeah, I, I mean, again, every every team faces it. I mean, yep. West. The West teams are going to have more air miles simply because of geography. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean. Oh, I, I can tell you. LA from, won the Stanley Cup twice. They yeah. would have flown a heck of a lot from where they're. You got a good team. You got a good team. Yeah, you I, can overcome a lot with a good roster. I can tell you from experience, playing in the East is easier because there was a lot travel of nights. Travel-wise, travel yeah. there's a lot of nights where you're back in your own bed on a road trip. Yeah, so that's not the schedule. That's just geography. Oh, absolutely. It goes. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you would like to finish the play, you will get to because we don't have any contestants lined up. Let's go back to Vancouver. Here's Oscar Clefbaum. You guys drop a regulation loss um, when leading after two periods. In your mind, what was the overall difference uh, tonight? Like you said, we, we put ourselves, we set ourselves up for for a, for a good third, and uh, we're right in it. So uh, it's it's disappointing that we cannot really find a way to to uh, go home with two points tonight. We knew it was, it was going to be a, a tight game um, for 60 minutes, so uh, it's obviously really disappointed. Um, Overall in the season, I think we, we started really good, and, and then we've uh, last last couple of games here in, in December we haven't played the way we want to, and, and obviously uh, after the break we're going to come back strong and hopefully start the way we started the year, and, and we're just going to try to to regroup as a, as a team here and, and start playing the right way and with the right attitude. And like I said, we set ourselves up for for a good third and, and, and going in and in, in, in the lead here in Vancouver for for the third period. I think. Uh, that's all we need, and, and it's really disappointing that we can't really uh, go home to Edmonton with two points. With the gold call and then the too many men call, a couple of calls that didn't really go your way, it's just a matter of learning to fight through that and, and getting back into it? Yeah, obviously it was, it was tough to get too many men on the ice in that situation of the of the game, but that's part of the game. That's going to happen, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen more times. Uh, we're just going to find a way to, to kill that and, and, and focus on the game. Um, but that's it. We're just going to put this in the past now and go home and have a good break and, and regroup and come back as a strong group. All right, that's Oscar Clefbaum. Gets a goal tonight. Winds up minus two. Played 25-05. Blocked six shots this evening. Uh, blocks wound up 20 for the Oilers, 15 for the Canucks. I think at one point it was 18-6 or something like that. The Oilers were blocking a ton of shots in the first two periods. Uh, not able to block as many in the third. And they lose it 4-2 tonight. All right, we have Blaine on the line. Blaine, are you, would you like to finish the play? I'll give it a try. Do you have a comment or a question for us first? No, I'll <laughs> reserve comment tonight. <laughs> All right, you've already got up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code CHED. Sent in deep as Darnell Nurse really working over his man, Roussel in the corner. Left bomb. Shovels it back to center ice. Endler over to Stetcher. Nurse and Roussel engage in a wrestling match, and now they're going to fight. Nurse throws a big right hand and misses. Lands with a right hand. Uppercut. And a chopping right. A vicious right hand. Roussel misses. Two more chopping rights from Nurse. Really working him over. Darnell Nurse. A big decision win over Antoine Roussel. 
Blaine, were, did you hear that? I did. I did catch that. Okay, I wasn't sure if I clicked the button properly. All right, so second game in a row that there's been a fight. Uh, who fought last game for the Oilers? Was it Patrick Russell or Zach Cassian? Cassian. Absolutely. Uh, just for a bonus, you can show off. Do you remember who he fought? <sighs> You've already won. I'm just asking. Yeah, you know, I, I remember the... Ben I remember Chirot. the fight, but I can't remember who he fought. Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt. That's okay. Hey, have a great Christmas. Stay on the line, all right? Awesome. Thank you. Blaine gets his name into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. You'd like to fight Roussel, wouldn't you, Rob? As long as he's got one arm tied behind his back. <laughs> well, just, just from a hypothetical perspective. And someone else is holding the other arm. Then I like my chances. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy that a lot of players in the National Hockey League would love the opportunity to, to fight. Uh, he, he's very affected at his job. And the Oilers, or excuse me, the Canucks missed him when he was out of the lineup. He was hurt for a while. Uh, the Canucks are a deep team, Reed. They're, they're missing three regulars, three top nine, maybe top six players with a Sutter or Lato out of the lineup. It's a, it's a good hockey club that uh, has been built with uh, speed in mind, and some of their young players are now really coming into their own. Uh, Bo Horvat, for example, a wonderful hockey player, and he, he's the guy that had to go head-to-head all night with Connor McDavid and did a very, very good job. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. of Norm standing by. Go ahead, Norm. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, just always want to say I think Rob Brown's the best analyst in hockey today. Thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, last game, Archibald. Um, two points, five hits, couple of nice clear outs at the right time. Like he just looked like he belongs there and he knows what he's doing. And then today it's like, where is he? How does that happen? Well, when you're a third or a fourth liner, there's going to be nights you look like a star and then there's going to be nights you look like yourself. So I think Archibald has the ability to change games, but I don't think he's capable of doing it every night. If he was, then he'd probably be a second or a first liner. I think he, he can be effective, and, I, and you also got to look at who he plays with, too. He's not playing with guys that are going to give him golden opportunities all the time. They're, they're kind of a group that is uh, has to manufacture just through, through hard work. Um, they obviously they gave up. I don't. He wasn't. Was he, I'm not sure if he was on for either of the power play goals against. He wasn't on for the first one against because I was on. Leon was out there, but uh, I think he's starting to to be much more effective offensively. He and and Shane. But uh, I, I think if you expect what he did last game to come game in game out, I think you're going to be disappointed because I'm not sure he's got he's got the capabilities of doing that each and every night. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the way it goes. Like, if if it if it really is, you can only bring it only certain nights. I just think I think there's just some some nights he's going to be better, or he's going to stand out where everything bounces his way. I, I don't think he can. I, I love him. Yeah, I, I like I him too. What I see, like, but I just don't see it enough. That's the problem. But then to my next point, and then I'll leave you with this. But um, in the beginning of the season, the team really seemed to follow Tippett's structure i could see like the forechecking was better it was, it, everyone looked in a set pattern like they knew where they were supposed to be very structured and i haven't seen that for well i don't know probably like 20 games now um, um yeah. yeah that's a, that's, yeah, that's that's fair a good point. question yeah. or i think that see i i always watch more for what happens in the defensive end though I, though i though i'm not refuting your point because i think it's a good one i always watch more what happens in the defensive end and when they've played poorly, they get too spread out in the defensive end. And I actually didn't. I, I thought they were collapsing pretty well on their own end tonight. But you know, it's just they did through forty minutes. Through they 40 weren't minutes, as good yeah. in, in the third. Yeah, you're you're right. I, part of it is uh, fatigue. Is part of it. Uh, I, another reason when they start falling behind, then guys start getting outside the systems. They try to do too much. I think you see that a lot with with Leon. I think that uh, he he takes it upon himself to to do more than he he needs to, and that's sometimes where the the turnovers come over. I know Dave Tippett talked about it with Leon that when they start falling behind, he tries to create when things aren't there because he feels it's his 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 duty. But that's right. where 
the bigger mistakes come because he starts making plays that are 50-50, and when they don't work, they go back the other way. So uh, you're a fair, fair point. I think also earlier in the season, the goaltending covered up on a lot of mistakes. The goaltending was through the roof. Both uh, the, guys. Both no, guys were. Guy. Both guys. And, well, even, I mean, Koskinen's save percentage was b- even better at the beginning of the year. So they covered up some of the mistakes, some of the, the blemishes that the Oilers had in their game. But, uh, you know, uh, that's a good point there, too. They, their, their structure hasn't been as good in these games as of late, and the record shows it. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, guys. Okay, see you, Norm. Thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. We'll check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. All right, busy day in the NHL. Canadians pound the Jets 6-2. Predators get by Arizona 3-2. Ottawa beats Buffalo 3-1. Flyers knock off the Rangers 5-1. Columbus wins on the road 3-2 against the Islanders. A 6-1 win for the Lightning over the Panthers. Good showdown in the East. Boston wins big 7-3 over the Capitals. Minnesota blanks Calgary 3-0. The Maple Leafs 8-6 over Carolina. Blues beat the Kings 4-1. Avalanche knock off the Golden Knights 7-3. And it is the Devils storming through Chicago for a 7-1 victory. The Raptors lost in overtime 120-115 to the Pacers. And the uh, Packers beat the Vikings 23-10 on Monday Night Football. We'll get to Ben on the phone line in a couple of minutes. Quick timeout first. Oilers lose 4-2 to the Nucks. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Canucks get three goals in the third period, beating the Edmonton Oilers 4-2. 40 games in for the Oilers. They are 20-16-4, and four, but just uh, four wins in their last 14 games. The Canucks go to 19-15-4. and four. Our adjustment of the game is for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The adjustment will be the rule change that they need because we don't understand what kicking motion is. So that's our adjustment. All right. Uh, yeah, Horvat got the tying goal on uh, one we thought might be called off for a kick, but they, they allowed it to stand. We have Ben on line three. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, I live in Lethbridge, and it's great to be up in Edmonton and just listening to you guys on the radio. Uh, but uh, just wondering about Christmas time. Uh, I noticed that the last few years you know like it comes to december and the oilers just seem to crash and so is that in your opinion just fatigue or is it when like a potentially overachieving roster starts to sort of play more like they actually they actually are or what are your thoughts on that uh you you might be right with the fact that they overachieved early i i don't think that this was a team that was should have been or was expected to be sitting on top of the division and you know eight and ten points ahead of teams that were everyone was expecting to be playoff hockey teams so I think part of it they overachieved early uh, part of it is the schedule it's probably a little harder and it overextended some of their star players um, could be the schedule the teams are playing maybe they're playing teams I don't remember who they played last year last year they just their goaltending fell apart and they had injuries well, and between I, the two things that that just set them way way back and actually Two years ago, they they won their last four games before Christmas and got back to 500. And then they and came then out of Christmas. Like, oh, it might be good. And then last year, it, it was before and after Christmas. Yeah. The year they made the playoffs, Dan, or sorry, Ben, um, I always remember because it was such a funny record, and I keep all the notes from the past two seasons by my desk. The year they made the playoffs, they went seven two and five in December. So <laughs> they only won oh, wow. they only won half their games. But they got points in 12 out of 14. They just weren't very good, right. and they had a bad month in in overtime. And and ready. Th- this won't be a, this won't be a good December. They are now uh, four seven and one in December. So best case scenario, they go six seven and one. Yeah, I just think that they got off to a good start that maybe uh, exceeded everyone's expectations, and then now they're just coming back to the record that many people thought they would have. But yeah, you're right. It's Christmas time. Uh, has not been a lot of fun for for the Oilers or for the Oilers fans. Awesome. Hey. Well, thanks for taking me, guys. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Let's go back to Vancouver. He had a goal tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, there's always um, those shifts in the game that, uh, I mean, maybe you call it, you, you want to go your way, it doesn't, or it goes the other way, but uh, we got to find a way to, to, to fight through that and uh, keep that lead or at least uh, keep it tied uh, late in the third there. 
Uh, just the overall difference tonight. Uh, you guys had a 2-1 lead. First time all season dropping a regulation loss uh, when leading after two periods. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I mean, usually when we've had the lead this year, we've uh, we've held on uh, well, and uh, we keep pushing tonight. I think uh, we had our push. They just, uh, I mean, they found a way to, to tie it up, and then uh, just a late penalty uh, uh, kind of killed us there. Great, you a good time. You guys to kind of clear your heads. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was a really, t- it was a tough stretch here. We knew that we didn't have the results that we wanted, um, for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, clear our heads here a little bit, uh, rest the body, rest the mind, and uh, get ready to. Um, I mean, it's first time playing Calgary this year, so on the 27th. So you know, it's going to be a big game. So it uh, should be in our minds a little bit uh, over this break. All right, that's the news. Got his seventh of the season, tied at 1-1 in the first. Clefbaum gave the Oilers a 2-1 lead early in the second, but then Vancouver takes it in the third. 4-2 is your final. Get more on 630Ched.com or on globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Hey, have a Merry Christmas. Next broadcast is Friday, special 2 our face-off show. It starts at 5. Game is at 7. Finally, a battle of Alberta. The Oilers will be home to the Flames. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.